Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And we're back for the second part of our series, questions for every NBA team heading into the 2018-2019 NBA season. This time, we're going to the Western Conference. Um, Our first team is the Dallas Mavericks. What do you got? All right. So I think just... The the offseason for the Dallas Mavericks was just killer. Picking up DeAndre Jordan and drafting Luka Doncic, trading for him, um, like we talked about in the last episode, um, for Trey Young. I think that they got the much safer pick in Luka Doncic. Trey Young could develop into a superstar, like we said, but I think that Luka Doncic has already proved himself in the second best basketball league in the world, being the MVP last season. So. I think that with Luka Doncic, you're guaranteed to get a point guard who will help you this year and going forward. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I'm not exactly sure how I feel about the DeAndre Ayton move, but of course, DeAndre Jordan. oh, DeAndre Jordan. Sorry, <laughs> uh, we'll get to we'll get to Phoenix later. They're on my mind. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the DeAndre Jordan move. I think I love how they traded up from five to three to select Luka Doncic moving up two slots in the top five that that doesn't happen too much and they only gave up a future first which uh is not bad at all for the DeAndre Jordan move I think it's it's a good move in that it's only one year and they bring in a talented center and I think it'll actually help the development of Luka and of Dennis Smith Jr. however I feel like, are they really in in win now mode? That was actually my question. Are they done tanking? Um, because I personally don't think they should be, and no. I think DeAndre Jordan is definitely going to win them more games. Then again, they got rid of Steph Curry, or sorry, Seth, Seth Curry. Curry. Uh, they got rid of Yogi Ferrell. They lost both of them in free agency, so that's a bit less ben- bench depth. But yeah, are they done tanking? Because this seems like a winning move. Whereas, um, I don't know if they should be doing that yet. I mean, Mark Cuban did say, I think at the beginning of last season, that he wanted to tank for one year and be done. And then he got fined. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. So I think I think that if that's what he was trying to do, then bringing DeAndre Jordan is a good move. I don't think that their tank should be done yet. I think, But I do think also, to be fair, that with Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic, like I said, I think Luka Doncic is the most... NBA ready player in the draft I think that they will win games this year whether they have DeAndre or not that's a fair point that's a fair point I think that there maybe their tank is done but their development is not I think they, they mm-hmm. continued their you know their their young core continues to get better now they've got Dennis Smith Jr. Um, Luka Doncic Harrison Barnes and DeAndre Jordan that's a pretty solid that's all-around a, team that's a solid core Especially, that would be you know, an eight or a nine seed in the Eastern Conference, but um, I still don't see them making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, definitely it's true. in the West. It's true. So yeah, but in that case, if they miss the playoffs in the West, they still get another lottery pick anyway. The West is so strong that even even though they signed DeAndre Jordan, who's a very high quality center, they could still get a lottery pick. And maybe they're maybe it's not it's not a, it's not the third overall pick again. It was or you know top five, but it is. Still a lottery pick. The Denver Nuggets. Uh, for me, I I want to draw the attention to their offense 
it's not as much a question as a claim. They're going to have a top five offense next year. They they were they were already elite on offense. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were top seven. Um, but they're just getting one year better. Whether Michael uh, whether Michael Porter Michael Porter plays or he doesn't. Um, this team they get one year better. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris is a very underrated backcourt, especially offensively. They can put the ball in the basket. Um, plus, you have Jokic, of course, and they didn't lose too much in free agency, and they brought in Isaiah Thomas. Um, I, I think they're going to be an elite offensive team. Of course, they're going to be horrible on defense. Uh, there's one decent defender in their starting lineup in Paul Millsap. Uh, but I think their offense will definitely like get them into the playoffs. I definitely agree. Um, I put down the Nuggets as one of my under-the-radar teams, one of two I have in the Western Conference, meaning I think that people aren't necessarily taking notice to the Nuggets, um, you know, because there are such powerhouses in the West like the Warriors. Um, But the Nuggets this year have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., if he's healthy, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic, as well as Isaiah Thomas, you know, maybe and, coming off the bench, maybe starting, we'll see. And they uh, also brought back Will Barton, whether yeah. that contract is good or not, we'll see. I mean, that offensively is one of the best scorers in the league. That is incredible, honestly. With like, you know, what they've put together is really, really good. Michael Porter Jr. could end up being the steal of the past two decades. You know, where <laughs> like true as fourteenth pick. Who knows? His potential is sky high. Um, Oh, quick question, side note. We're both Knicks fans. Are you upset that the Knicks did not take Michael Porter? Because I know that the media, like, focused in on the few Knicks fans that were actually disappointed in that. Um, I, In the moment, I was. I was thinking, I was in my head, I was thinking I would be very happy if the Knicks took Michael Porter Jr. Seeing him slide all the way to 14 makes made you me feel a better. little bit happier. Yeah, yeah, it makes you feel better. You know, kind of... You can rest easy, you know, knowing that there's 13 teams that passed on him. We weren't one of, like, what do we have, like the 8th or ninth pick? So you weren't yeah. one of, you know, 8 or 9 teams that passed on him. We were one of 13. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not too upset. And I, th- I love Kevin Knox from what I've seen. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm I excited. Too. I love him too. But at the same time, I, the, I love that the Denver Nuggets took him. The, Dev- the Nuggets don't. They don't even need him to come back earlier. That's, exactly. That's, that's the magic. Kind of like DeMarcus Cousins and the Warriors. The, and, the Nuggets aren't relying on Michael Porter. Uh, for sure. And, the, like, the fans probably aren't even, like, pressuring the team into Exactly. That's what's, that's what's so great about him is he can he can t- he could take this entire season off and, they, and, they'd, and they'd they would be fine. be fine, right? They wouldn't really if, miss him. If he'd been taken with a top five pick, he would have been expected to come in and be a franchise yes. player. And that's just a lot of pressure on somebody who's coming off of serious serious back injury yeah um so yeah i like michael porter porter a lot though and i'm excited next team the golden state warriors uh okay this is this is my personal opinion um the world sort of freaked out a little bit saying that demarcus cousins was breaking the nba by going to the warriors the way i'm looking at it is not so much that Wow, they're, the Warriors won the national championship last year. NBA championship. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> NBA championship um, last year and now have signed maybe the best center in the league. Um, 
I don't think that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be as good this year as we've seen him be in the past, you know, three or four. Because this is a big man. I mean, like, close to 300 pounds, like, <laughs> close to seven feet. Coming off of an ACL tear, it's not that easy to bounce back. So he's going to miss the first probably half of the season. And when he comes back, there's no guarantee that he will be 100%, that he will have the same quickness, the same, uh, you know, pep in his step, ability to run up and down the court. So I don't, I wouldn't look at it at this as now DeMarcus Cousins has, you know, joined, DeMarcus Cousins being the best center in the league the last few years is joined the best team, one of the best teams ever, if not the best team ever. Yeah, if you look back and see over the course of the NBA, there's only one player who has come back from a torn Achilles and been the same, and that that's Dominique Wilkins. And DeMarcus Cousins tweeted out, oh, yeah, and comparing himself to Dominique Wilkins, and he'll be the same. I, there are so many players who tear their Achilles. Um, and if you go back and look at the stats, I did some research, there's, there's really only one player who does not experience at least a moderate fall-off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the Warriors... And DeMarcus Cousins, it's a good fit, even though that pains to say me, in that, like, not even on the court. It's just they aren't relying on him to come back early to to make the playoffs. They'll be the one or the two seed with or without him. Um, so Agreed, they're yeah. not they're, they're not going to rush him back early, yeah. which is why I think um, it's, it's good for him, I guess. It's not really good for us as NBA yeah. fans. Uh but think about it. Who who's playing the center uh, for the first any until they, Demarcus comes back? We don't know yet. They don't have a center. They don't. They haven't had a center that's mad, that lives up to their their you know their I guess big four. Yeah. Um, it like they haven't had one or even an average starter. I mean, they're their the last, they're their the last Warriors. Good center was Bogut. Their last good center was Bogut. Uh, yeah, I would I would say so. But they're the Warriors, so they make like. A rookie Jordan Bell look good, yeah. But I, I took a look at their roster, and their two centers are Kevon Looney and Jordan Bell. I don't know if either of those are starters on your average playoff team. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Um, mm-hmm. and but, Jordan Bell's also not a center. Jordan Bell's yeah a power forward. They, really. they play they're going to play the him center. at center, but yeah. he's not. He's also not a true center. Yeah. Right. You could say, I said Andrew Bogut was their last great, you know, good center. That's like I'm not calling Draymond Green a center. Draymond yeah, Green's not a center, you know, even though they play him small ball five. Um, but yeah, I mean, if DeMarcus Cousins comes back full 100% health, that's pretty NBA breaking because now you have, you know, five five All Stars last year, and that your starting five is the Western Conference All Star team. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going to bounce back as quickly as some people are anticipating. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I do realize I said ACL tear. I meant Achilles tear. <laughs> okay, next team, the LA Clippers. Do you have uh, like a question or a comment on what they did this offseason or just the team? Um, well, I was sort of looking at the roster right now, and it just sort of hit me that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan are all gone at this point. Looking at their roster, their best players are Tobias Harris and Lou Williams. Sort of thinking about that. Their best player, or maybe their best player, is the six, is like the sixth man of the year candidate. Yeah, you know, like Lou, Lou Williams. I don't, I don't understand 
you know, really what's going on in the Clippers organization. I don't I don't know what to think, honestly. They're trying to remain decent while still like rebuilding, which is an interesting strategy. Yeah. I think they're actually they're not doing it horribly. Um mm-hmm. but like like again, it's the whole thing. You got to you got to pick a direction. Yeah. Are you going to try to be a good team or are you going to tank to become a good team in 5 years? Um yeah. You were talking about Lou Williams and Tobias Harris. That's their two best players and mm-hmm. Lou Williams was almost an all-star last year. I personally I, I was thinking about this a few days ago. I think most people would disagree with this. I don't know if you're the same. I think Tobias Harris is a better basketball player than Lou Williams. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't I don't really know what to think about it. I mean, I definitely think you can make a case for it. Tobias Harris is a guy who gets better every single year. Very versatile. You know, Lou Williams is kind of one-dimensional, I would say. Yeah. But where he comes off the bench as a spark plug puts out 20 points per game but he can't really do much else like who's more valuable for that team right now i would say lou williams um he's because they don't have any other scores yeah exactly Um, and that's why people like he puts up numbers that's why people wanted him to be an all-star last year personally like what i look at it is if you're looking if you if you're a playoff team who would you rather have if you're a top four seed who would you rather have on your team lou williams or tobias harris I would rather have Tobias Harris because he's more of like he's an above he's he has a larger role than a role player, but he's not like a he's not like a star. He's not a star, no. Um, I think he can fit a th- like a typical three and D wing role very well. I think he could almost he could be a bit less than what Chris Middleton is right now, personally. Yeah, um, I think that Chris Middleton though is a fringe all star. I don't think Tobias Harris yeah, is a fringe all star. I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a step below Chris Middleton, yes. but he, it's not. You know, it's not a huge difference. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and most people would say Lou Williams is on that same tier as Chris as Chris Middleton because he averaged over 20 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, like, I think the amount of usage he has um, is through the roof. is through the roof, and I feel like you can't have him uh, have that much usage and be a playoff team. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're gonna ha- have a playoff team and have a good talent around him i think tobias harris fits in with other players better where lou where lou williams isn't good enough to justify how much uh usage he would have that's my personal opinion yeah overall i'm not exactly sure what to think about the clippers i'm not even sure they know what they're doing at this point (laughs) they're kind of you know i guess they're kind of staying afloat with lou williams and tobias harris but also (laughs) they're towards the bottom of the league so i don't know i'm interested to see what's going to happen now that you know over the course of like a little over a year, their entire, you know, Lob City Big Three has fallen apart. Yeah. Next team, the Houston Rockets. I need to point out the elephant in the room, which is their wings. Their small forwards. They lost mm-hmm. Luke Mabamute and Trevor Ariza, and they plugged that hole with big old Carmelo Anthony. All right. As a Knicks fan, I'm a, I like Melo. Of course I like Melo. I like Melo too. I'm sorry. Melo is not going to ball out this year. He's not going to. It's not going to happen. Everybody's, I keep hearing, yeah, oh yeah, you know, everybody gets better when they leave Westbrook. Melo's going to ball out. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be great on Olymp- the Rockets. Olympic Melo. <laughs> but I, I don't think that it's the same, you know, obviously, yes, Harden left 
the Thunder, left Westbrook, and became MVP. You know, one of the you know top, five, top definitely top five player in the league, in my opinion. Um, same thing happened with Victor Oladipo this year. As soon as he left, Westbrook became an All Star, averaged I think like twenty five to twenty seven points per game or something like that. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Um, so there is a trend there, but I don't see how it's going to work. How do if Melo could really buy into the idea of standing, you know, kind of becoming Trevor Reza on offense or Amute. If you could get him to do that, offensively, he might be a little bit better than Trevor Reza. He might be able to catch, shoot, maybe take it to the bucket, you know, play a little bit of iso ball. But if he tries to be, you know, a close to 20-point-per-game scorer on a team that already has CP3 and Harden, I don't see how it's going to work. There yeah. aren't enough shots to go around. I actually kind of disagree with you. I think he'll be a step below Ariza on offense just because I think Ariza's three-pointer is a bit better. Yeah, okay. That, I'm saying if you could really, really convince yes. him to buy into the yes. offense, which I yes. don't think... My point is I don't think he's going to do that. I think it'll I think it'll be satisfactory on offense, personally. I think mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be able to buy in because the thing is... OKC had no system. I do not like Billy Donovan as a coach. Agreed. Mike D'Antoni has a system. He has ball movement. He has uh, isolation with Carmelo and uh, Trevor Reza last year in the corners. Um, I think it's just a bit more of uh, structure. So he has a bit more of like a clear role, and mm. hopefully he'll accept that. But I, I think, I think the main problem is defense. Is definitely defense. Yeah. Uh, Luke Mbamute. Great defender. Trevor Ariza, formerly great. I would say very solid. Very solid defender. Yeah. Um, and th- I think Carmelo's lack of talent on the defensive end is going to actually Could hurt, hurt them. Yeah, I think it's going to hurt Houston, especially, especially in that switch. Harden's not a great defender. Yeah. They need they needed to surround Harden with great defenders, and Harden can provide offensively. But, you know, I think that Melo is actually, he does not fit the system as well as Trevor Ariza did. Losing Trevor Reza and gaining Melo, I think, is a loss. Um, yeah. Because, obviously, defensively, Trevor Reza, I think, is m- multiple steps ahead of, of Melo. And offensively, I heard... So, so I don't... If you could get Melo to stay in the corner and shoot, or, you know, maybe kind of replicate what Trevor, Le- Trevor Reza created, it could kind of work out. But I heard someone saying, like, okay, they're going to give it to Melo when Melo's going to play iso ball. You can't honestly tell me that they're going to choose Melo to play iso ball over CP3 or Harden. I don't see how that's going to work. No one would. So, yeah. Especially because Melo also doesn't want to come off the bench. So how do you create something out of a guy who wants, still wants to be, you know, like the first or second option yeah. on a team where he's the third best player? I don't understand. Yeah, I was thinking, where does he fit in with P.J. Tucker? Because P.J. Tucker is just a bit better... Uh, version of Carmelo Anthony right now, and that he can he can hit open threes, whatever, and but he can play defense for the for the for the Houston Rockets at least. PJ Tucker over Melo, I think. Yes, it's a better fit. Um, yeah. So I don't know that how that is going to fit in with his playing time. I do still think that Melo is a better a better player than a lot of the guys yeah. we mentioned, but for the system, I don't think that Melo is the right fit. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that this is that it's going to work out. That's my Tobias Harris, Lou Williams thing. <laughs> Tobias Harris would fit better on the Rockets yeah, than, yeah, than Carmelo. Yes. Well, would take, I, I would think I think he's a better player than than Melo. Yeah. At this point, you could definitely make an argument. 
I think offensively, though, like Melo is still he's still got the tools to be a good player. He just needs to not become a black hole. His efficiency is pretty atrocious. Y'all sleep on Tobias Harris. He averaged 18 <laughs> last year. I I know, I know. Melo averaged 16 in like, like really inefficiently. I don't exactly, know. yeah. I don't know why I love Tobi- uh, I, Tobias Melo just, Harris. Melo doesn't, you know, people, I heard this happened on Through the Wire. They challenged, they were giving, you know, players challenges. Someone challenged Melo, you know, to have like a better season. But he didn't say score more points. He says play more efficiently. That's what Melo needs to do. For sure, for sure. And that's how they're going to stay afloat Exactly. Uh, on offense. Next team is another interesting one, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. They had a crazy offseason. Uh, they got the best player in the world, but then they also got a bunch of, um, of characters. Characters. Agreed. Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, uh, Rajon Rondo. Um, none of those guys can shoot a three-pointer to an NBA level. Yeah. Um, of course, Javale, he's a center. But LeBron also thrives. LeBron thrives with three-point shooters around him. Yeah, we've seen that time in, time out. Stat. Yeah. LeBron needs shooters around him. Yeah. My um, question is just, just, what are they thinking? And do you think that this uh, lack of shooters, it's a different approach? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't think it's so much of a problem because everybody's on one-year deals, except for LeBron, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the, so if it doesn't work this year, it doesn't work. They just they, they just run it, run it yeah. back, go and sign a Clay Thompson, <laughs> exactly, or someone like that. Exactly. I think that yeah, it's kind of a no an, a no risk scenario because the the Lakers are not trying to win the championship this year, and if they are, that's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. It's, you could put a team together around LeBron that could compete with the Warriors. This the, is not that team. The Cavs of the West. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's this team might be a little bit better than the Cavs were last year. Yeah, but even so, it's one player can't do it by himself against a team that now has five all stars. Yeah, maybe not five all stars this year, but last year all five yeah. their entire starting five was was on was the all star team. Yeah, I don't even think like I don't know how their offense is gonna work because they have two clones in Lonzo Ball and Rajon Rondo who can't really shoot. I guess so. Yeah, uh, they have say that. Lance Stevenson and uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, another uh, interesting guy. Uh, he has kind of a personality as well, and I don't know how that's really going to fit. I think they overpaid him a bit. Uh, and then that you have LeBron, who's going to also want to handle the ball, uh, even though it's there are even though there are reports of him wanting to play off ball. I don't know how that's really going to work. I think I think this year he'll we'll see him take a backseat. I do think that we'll backseat to who? I think no. I mean I think that we'll see. I think that LeBron understands this year is not the year that he's going to win a championship. Hopefully, I think he understands that. That's why he signed four years and not one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that we'll see Lonzo, Rondo, you know, other guys bring the ball up the court. Maybe you know, and then I think LeBron also try to win games, but I don't think that he's gonna. He's not on the play team. as yeah. as you know like backpacking the entire team role <laughs> as he did in the cat on the Cavs yeah, last year. I see that. Hopefully, if he doesn't do that, he'll still have life left for the next year. Even though LeBron is eternal, it seems like. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Next team is the Memphis Grizzlies. This is one of my under the radar teams. Sounds kind of weird because most people don't have them making the playoffs, but. 
they were like a f- five, six seed range two years ago before Marcus All and Mike Conley like each got injured for the entire season the, the past like two years. Um, yeah, I think people just forgot how solid they were. Um, of course, they're like not very NBA ish, modern NBA in that they don't have a system where they shoot tons of threes. Uh, our Knicks stole their head coach, even though they fired him for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know their head coach is right now. Um, and I, I think they have enough talent to where people are sleeping on them, but they could definitely be a playoff team. I, I, I like it. I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see if they're a playoff team this year. Could happen. Could not. They could go under the right under the radar and surprise everybody. Um, but the thing that I'm most intrigued by this season is we could see Marcus All, a healthy Marcus All, playing with the second coming of Zebo and Jaron Jackson Jr. The same kind of grinded out, defensive minded front court. Now they're not the same player. Jaron Jackson's a lot more athletic, but Jaron Jackson yeah. is a defensive minded power forward. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that I think that they drafted him to be, you know, to be that defensive-minded, you know, like grit and grind. I think he's front court again. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is more talented on offense than Zach Randolph is. Probably. I mean, maybe like prime Zach Randolph. He he was a dog. now 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 I think he is. yeah Jaron um, Jackson is but but I think I think he definitely has a higher ceiling than that Jaron Jackson was a for sure top five pick. Jaron Jackson has a higher ceiling than 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 uh sorry Zach Randolph. I'm just saying that they're they're, they're looking similar. at they're looking at the, the that that they're looking at Jaron Jackson. They're like you know who that reminds me of. <laughs> My boy Zebo. Yeah, not even that their game style is super similar, but the same kind of like defensive power forward to put behind, yeah. beside Marcus All. Gotcha. I like it. I I like that. I like that idea. That concept. Okay. Going back to their roots. Minnesota Timberwolves. What you got? I don't. All right, I'm not high on Andrew Wiggins. I don't. I'm not under, either. I don't understand. He's a 20 point per game scorer, sure, but he's hardly improved since he came in the league. Got all the tools to be an incredible defender, hasn't put it together. Why is he still taking the most shots on the team? Why is he still taking the most shots on the team? You got you Jimmy got Butler Kat and Jimmy. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, yeah. he should be the third option. And he Cat doesn't is, realize that. Cat is a super talented offensive player. Not great defensively. Um, which, again, I don't know why Cat <laughs> and, and Kat and Wiggins can't put it together defensively, especially with a mentor like Jimmy. I think I think Wiggins is a bit worse on defense. I think Yeah, I, he's I, more of a liability I for sure. I see Cat putting it all together defensively to be average than Kat. before Wiggins. Because Wiggins, yeah. Wiggins was like... He got drafted first overall years ago. Cat is still <laughs> like Wiggins isn't on his rookie contract anymore. Okay. Wiggins was like, I think I think he was twenty fourteen. I think yeah. Anthony Bennett was thirteen. Wiggins was fourteen. Yeah. Cat was fifteen. Mm-hmm. So with Bari, yeah, yeah. I they definitely, especially okay. So with with Jimmy potentially on his way out the door, it seems like they can't keep Jimmy, uh, Wiggins, and Cat because Jimmy's expressed. That he doesn't want to play with Jimmy and Cat or with um, Wiggins and Cat. Yeah. They're... Do you think that they should trade um, Wiggins or Cat as as well as Wiggins with like with Jimmy on his way at the door? Look, 
Carl and Carl Anthony Towns is definitely the highest priority. Um, he's he, the, he's the most talented. Build around him for sure. Well, I, I would I say right na- right now, him and Jimmy Butler is debatable who's better. But he's he has he's an younger. insanely high ceiling, and he's younger. Yeah, and I think the Timberwolves still have this thing going of the future um, is a priority because even though they yeah. trade Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler, they they're not that great right now. Um, no. But personally, I just I don't dislike a lot of NBA players. I dislike Andrew Wiggins because I don't like the way he plays. I just don't like the style of it, and he seems kind of like a selfish player, taking more shots than Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whether that's Wiggins or the game plan, I don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't um, love Thibodeau as a head coach. My question was, quote, are the Timberwolves going to explode internally? Or are they going to be a playoff team? Because I don't think there's any in between. This year, this year, not they're not a playoff team. I don't think. I disagree. I think the talent's there. I think. Okay, okay. I, I think that actually, I want to change that. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're like a seven, eight seed playoff team. Yeah. Okay. That's, I don't. That's but by playoff team. team, I like when you said playoff team, I thought of like, are they like a top five seed? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they like bottom of the playoffs? Maybe then. Yeah. Well, that well the West maybe. is so close. Anywhere from three or four yeah. to nine Could, or ten is, is like a lock. A two game difference. Yeah, it's a two game difference. <clears throat> the Denver, uh, the sorry, the Portland Trailblazers were the three seed, and they were two losses away from not being in the playoffs. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the way I'm looking at it is. Cat is the future of this organization. They're building around Cat. I think you need to get you need to trade Jimmy before the trade deadline. That seems so absurd to me because I feel like he's not staying in free agency. He's not staying. I want him to. He, <laughs> like him and Thibodeau. I I, I I don't know. He he's not staying unless maybe if you traded. Okay, you could trade Wiggins at the trade deadline and maybe convince convince um, Jimmy to come back. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But if you traded. I have a feeling it's Wiggins as more more than Cat. Um, yeah, same. I you know maybe because we're both I guess anti <laughs> anti Wiggins clearly. Um, but if maybe if you get rid of Wiggins at the trade deadline, you can convince Jimmy to stay. We'll see. We'll see. I think this team is something is changing before next season. Yeah, for sure. This, I, the, I would those, agree with that, that big three is not together next season. I would agree with that. Jimmy, come to New York. You and Kyrie. <laughs> you and Kyrie. Just saying. We believe. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. All right, next team, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Um, my question is, can they make the playoffs? My answer is no. <laughs> I. What do you think? Um. I don't know. Again, I think that they could. It's so close between, like, three and nine that, you know, and, and even below that, that it's like, I don't know. It could it, they could make the they could potentially make the playoffs. I think they could. I but Anthony Davis is gonna have to play out of his mind. Yeah, like for he sure. did. Like if he plays the way that he did at and in the playoffs without Boogie last season, the way he did against the yeah. Trailblazers, winning that series when no one had them winning that series. Yeah, sweeping him too. <laughs> um, I think if Drew, he can play like that, then yeah, then I think they can make the playoffs. I think Drew Holiday is the X factor. He has to be an not an all-star in the West, but an all-star caliber player, like Philadelphia yeah. 76ers, Drew yeah. Holiday. I agree. Because that's why they won that series, essentially. Julius Randle might have to step it up, too. 
True. They they got some new faces with the loss of DeMarcus Cousins. Yes. Yeah. I oh, think Alfred Payton, I don't know what's up with that. Alfred Payton, new haircut though. Ooh, new haircut though. New haircut though. He's not gonna get blocked he by could his just own be hair. Exponentially better without this yes. <laughs> with the haircut. Um <laughs> but I think what I wanna see from this team, I have this written down. I want Anthony Davis to play, like I said, just out of his mind like he did in the playoffs last year. He could, in my mind, solidify himself as the third best player in the league behind LeBron and KD. He could do that this season. If he, if, I think if they make the playoffs, he's the third best player in the league. Ooh, I see that because, honestly, I was going to say this. In he's my mind— four or five you, to me right now. No, it, I'm just saying if you look Maybe, at the, if you look at the yeah. New Orleans Pelicans, I think they are significantly less talented— than other teams that are going to be in that playoff race. The only one that would maybe compare would be, like, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, or yeah. if the Timberwolves make a move that doesn't work out. But if you look at teams, like, that are going to be from 3 to 8, uh, Lakers, they have LeBron. Jazz, very talented. Spurs, very talented. Um, Nuggets, very talented. Timberwolves, I think they're a better team. Like outside of Anthony Davis, I don't and uh, All Star caliber Drew Holiday, I don't know what we have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say actually something about the third best player in the league. I'm. It's more that. So I think there's LeBron and KD to me yes. are, are just head and shoulders like one yes. and two. Then after that, I think you have a kind of a group that could be like Harden. Anthony Davis, Curry, Curry. maybe even, I might even think about like Giannis up there. Maybe, next Um, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to see Davis, Anthony Davis separate himself from those. Yeah, but. Like, could he take a step to be above those guys? I I could definitely see that happening, unfortunately, because I'm a big Steph Curry fan. Yeah. Uh, I I could see that happening, especially because Steph Curry, like, if he has his normal performance, it's it's just gonna be like, oh yeah, he's on the Warriors. Doesn't mm-hmm. count. <laughs> yeah. Just like that's why him and KD are never in MVP conversations, really. Yep, it's true. Next team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. My note on this is Billy Donovan still sucks. Um, yeah. So th- that's for me why oh, I've got the Thunder in in teams that are gonna be better than the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Donovan still sucks. I think he caps off where how good this team can actually be. Yeah, they got rid of Melo, and that will. I think I think it's kind of false logic with getting rid of Melo equals better, um, like better offense. Because the thing is, people say, "Oh yeah, the the offense is going to be less stagnant with Melo gone." The offense is stagnant because Billy Donovan doesn't run plays. Yeah. I think that I think that's it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be less stagnant necessarily. I think they're still they still need an offense which they don't have, but it does mean more shots for Paul George, which I think is that's much true. needed. That's definitely true. That, I, I want to see Paul. I, okay, I didn't think this time you know a year ago that CP3 and Harden was going to work out. Yeah, like I, I didn't, didn't I didn't think that Westbrook and Paul George is going to work out. Still not sure it will this season. I wouldn't say it really worked out last season, um, especially not all three of them. You know, including Mella. Um, but if they do something all right where they have Westbrook and Paul George sort of running the office at different times, not necessarily on the court at the same time, yeah, it could work. Um, 
But again, they just need they need to have some kind of game plan. Yeah. I mean, come on. Billy it's, Donovan just says, "Hey, uh, Russell Westbrook, yeah, do your thing. You, you do your thing. You're, exactly. That's kind of one, why he won MVP because he had the highest usage ever. Yeah, uh, literally ever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's going to prevent them from, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to be the three seed behind. Uh, oh, oh no. some people have them there along with the Spurs and the Jazz. I think they're going to be not a top four seed. I don't think they're going to have home court advantage, Agreed. even with the addition of Dennis of Dennis Schroeder. I like Dennis Schroeder as as a backup." By the way, yeah, I think he'll be one of the better backup point guards in the league. He's Definitely, a, he's I, a, I think he'll be six man of the year conversation. Personally, unless yeah. Westbrook never gets off the floor, which, which is probably partially true. But you could, I guess, you could at some at some points have both of them on the floor. Yeah, the, I would the, the works, Thunder's the Thunder's bench is not particularly strong, so Agreed. they're not going to be really fighting for minutes, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. they could you know they could stick. Westbrook or Dennis Schroeder at the two. Two-headed monster. All right, next, the Phoenix Suns. My question is, are they leaning toward win-now mode? We haven't seen the Phoenix Suns try to win in, I would say, what, over four or five years? They've been in the lottery longer than that, but they've been really bad yeah. for for years now. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, if you go back, they've had picks a while ago. Uh, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, before yeah. that. Um, but now now they have some talent. If you look at their roster, they have They're DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be, I Number assume, one he, pick. unless he's Looks, a bust, he'll yeah, like, like, contribute a good amount. Um, yeah. Devin Booker, obviously. They don't really have a point guard. Devin Booker's kind of going to play point guard. Um, but you have talent. You have Josh Jackson. Uh, you just added Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Reza is the indication to me, and trading for Mikhail oh. Bridges, that they kind of want to win games. Yeah, I also think trading for Ryan Anderson. You got rid of, like you mentioned, Marquise Chris, um, you know, a younger player that they drafted a few years ago. Now, not on the team anymore. They you know they have Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson's a straight gunner from three, and that's about it. Even the, but, yeah, <laughs> but like, and that's about it. He can't play. That, but if you're if you're a win now team, you need specialists like that. Yeah. That's um, definitely true. We could see. I could definitely see them tra- if they're really committing to win now. They trade Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender could be gone before the trade deadline. Maybe even you know that would be all in honestly. Cause that would be that would be all in. Yeah, because Dragon Bender I think could still improve, but I think I think I think the coaches still see that in him, right? He's like what seven yeah. two and like still bad version of Chris Asporzingis. Very yes. young twenties, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, they even they even traded on draft night for more of a win now prospect in Mikhail Bridges, who's yeah. more of like a, he's twenty two years old. He's yeah. older than Devin Booker. I'm so high <laughs> on on Mikhail Bridges too, because I watched um, my dad went to Villanova, so I watched all I watched like pretty much every game they played in the tournament. And I really like Mikhail Bridges. I think that the Sixers are gonna regret trading, not you know, not keeping him. Because we were just talking about it in the last episode. Go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> All, all 15 Eastern Conference teams are talking about the Sixers lost some shooting in Marco Bellinelli and Ursan Eliasova. They lost another shooter in Mikhail Bridges. True. Right. True. Mikhail Bridges played four years in college. He's going to be ready to step on the court, knock down threes, play defense. He knows his role. He's NBA ready. And so not having that around Ben Simmons, I think, will hurt the Sixers. It's going to help the Suns having him on the court. 
So obviously. especially, you know, like you said, win now, I, def- I think that Mikhail Bridges is a more of a win now player than uh, Zaire Smith. Agreed. I don't totally think, though, that the Suns realistically think that they're going to they're not you know, a playoff team this year I, and yeah. they're still not a playoff team just because they, yeah. they're in the west it's not even close honestly there yeah. are only two teams in the west that are like definitely not making the playoffs but they're mm-hmm. also like 11 teams that are fringe playoff teams i don't know, you know where they fall into that we keep <laughs> talking about you know exactly you know the there are teams that are questionable playoff teams like the pelicans like um the the, the trailblazers the trailblazers what, what was the other one we mentioned um the Grizzlies, right? The, that like yeah. may or may not make the playoffs, but in the East would walk yeah. into the playoffs. Definitely, they're right? playoff teams in the East. You know, the the Suns, I think, are going to have a t- t- tough time making the playoffs this year. So, I don't actually necessarily agree with the win now moves. I like Mikel Bridges, I, I so I like that move. Um, I, th- I think it's nice that they're taking a step away, though. They're becoming yeah. mediocre, and that's how you get good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Next team, the Portland Trailblazers. What do you got? Um, the Trailblazers, I think, are a team that maybe should blow it up. I don't. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's kind of an inevitable that CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard's going. Damian Lillard's my guy. Season. Either build a team around him or trade him to the Lakers, and then hope <laughs> he'll go and face the Warriors. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Um, should they blow it up? You say yes. I say I think they should have made a move this offseason. They should They should have made a move, um, but I don't know what that they, move would they, be. I don't know what that move would be either, but it had to be something. I, I wouldn't want them to pull a Washington Wizards and go and get Dwight Howard because they have a solid center. Mm. Uh, I think they just need more shooting out of the wings, which they still can't get because they have Evan Turner, Alfred Camino. Uh, Harkless, those are all like bad contracts. Uh, some of them are bad contracts and can't shoot, and that kind of limits them. But I wouldn't want them to blow it up because I feel like they have a decent thing going and they have a decent culture uh, led by Damian. Um, but I think something that's actually notable is while they did sign Nick Stauskas, Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry, um, they lost three solid. Uh, role players uh first one ed davis the brooklyn nets in my opinion stole him he is a long athletic rim protector um i think that the trailblazers needed and valued and i think they're gonna miss him they also nurkish is not a very good defender (laughs) yeah that's true uh they also lost shabazz napier who uh when damian wasn't in the game where CJ wasn't in the game, he controlled the offense. Solid I think backup. He, yeah, yeah, solid backup. And they also lost my boy Pat Connaughton. Shout out Pat Connaughton, Irish. <laughs> uh, who, I mean, he's not as good as the other two. Uh, but he's he's another he's their only wing shooter that they had, and they they lost that off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they definitely didn't improve this year, which is my point. No. Um, yeah. I think that's a problem. I think that they needed to make something happen this off season because nothing happened. I think that. Um, Especially in a stacked West, I, they're not making the playoffs. I don't think. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. Maybe they're a playoff team. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of fringe playoff teams in the West. Um, maybe they make the playoffs. They're not contending. They're not making it. You know, to the second round probably in the playoffs. 
even if they make the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think you have to just give up after you know what is it like probably five years of CJ McCollum. And, yeah. And or four or five. Yeah. Like. Sacramento Kings. Not much to talk about here, but um, I, I love. I love their pick of Marvin Bagley. They didn't like Luka Doncic. That's okay. If you really don't feel him, you shouldn't uh, force yourself into taking that pick. Marvin Bagley for Rookie of the Year, question mark. There are shots to go around in, <laughs> there, in there, Sacramento. There are, there are a lot of shots to go around. Who's shooting that ball? De'Aaron Fox, maybe. <sighs> Buddy Heald, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I still want to see Kevin Knox win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I still I would like to see... Um, Colin Sexton won Rookie of the Year, but in terms of players that you know that don't really have another scorer on their team, right? That would be probably Kevin Knox and um, sorry, Kevin Knox, Marvin Colin Bagley. Sexton, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I mean Colin Sexton does have Kevin Love. Yeah, and, you know we talked okay. about again in the last episode. Right, go right. listen to it. Uh, that Kevin Love could go back to Minnesota. Kevin Love and being twenty-five and thirteen kind of player. If that happens, Colin Sexton's not winning Rookie of the Year. True. If they really, if they really go all in, Colin Sexton runner offense. Colin Sexton could win Rookie of the Year, um, but I, I think Bagley's a good possibility. Yeah. Again, the shots. Yeah, and I mean, in college, he was very hard to stop. He's a <laughs> he's like really inside the three point line is a very solid scorer. Boy's a problem. Yeah, boy's a problem. I think that I, what the only thing, the only knock on him I would really have is that in college he pretty much only uses left. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Every every time you watch right. him, you know, you watch his highlights, it's just all left, all left, left hand. hand. So if you can, if and, you know, I think at the, at the NBA level he's going to have to develop a right. Um, but he could potentially win rookie of the year, yeah. He's not my bet, though. Okay. Next is the San Antonio Spurs. Connor Flannery, I'm telling you this right now. Spurs are going to be the third seed in the West. So that's my that's my prediction. It's right. not necessarily bold, but there are about four teams who could do that, so the odds for any one team isn't that high. Yeah. But they're my second under-the-radar team, and you ask how could the Spurs be an under-the-radar team? They're the San Antonio Spurs. They got, like, everyone regards them as an amazing mm-hmm. franchise. But... They were they were the seven seed without their best player, who is a top five or six player in the NBA. If you if you just add him to that roster, again, he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. If you add a top 10, 15 player into Mar DeRozan to a seven seed, I think that's really valuable. They lost Danny Green. Yeah. That that's a problem. But they they drafted another guard. In Lonnie Walker the fourth, mm-hmm. and they can yeah. they can potentially slide Dejounte Murray over to the two, especially on defense. Yeah, I, I love this team personally. I think they're going to be better than the OKC Thunder, and I think if their defense hold up holds up, they're going to be better than the Utah Jazz. I like it. That's my case. <laughs> I like it. I think that this team's going to be solid. I mean, every year in year out, they're the most consistent franchise in the league. Right. Valid. They ended an era this year. They lost Timmy. Timmy retired. Um, they at least that, that wasn't this year. That was like two years ago. Then they lost. They lost Monty this year, retired. And, they and lost Tony's Tony on the Parker. Hornets. Which, well, we can talk about that at what? a different time. What? 
But, um, so rip that era, the big three. I guess if you call it a big three. It's definitely a big three. Um, but even so, they've stayed, they've stayed consistent. You know, Kawhi missing an entire season. Like, again, I think that Kawhi is probably a top three player in the league at his best. Um, and they stayed, they stayed in the playoffs. Shout out to Pop. Shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge. I think, you know, so you're not just replacing DeMar DeRozan with a th- top three player in the league. You're replacing DeMar DeRozan with literally nobody because Kawhi, because Kawhi did not play last year. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, sorry, obviously, yeah, Ka- like Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi, I think that the, you know, the Kawhi is a better player than DeMar DeRozan, obviously. But, but he wasn't on Kawhi that team. did not play last year, right? <laughs> so you're basically sticking DeMar DeRozan not in place of Kawhi, but as, in, as an addition. As an addition, yeah, exactly. So it's not a loss because DeMar DeRozan's not as good of a player. It's a gain because you just gained a guy who yeah. started on multiple All-Star teams. Mm-hmm. All right, last team that we have is the Utah Jazz. Tell me about the Utah Jazz. With a healthy Gobert, this yeah, this team could be a top three. You know, could be the third seed in the league. I, I third, four, five, third, fourth, fifth seed in the league. Um, thought of Mitchell, one year older, one year better. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> Rudy Gobert is gonna play. Is gonna miss hopefully fewer than twenty games this season. Yeah, that's so crazy that he won Defensive yeah. Player of the Year and missed twenty games. Like he's that just, was the he's only, just that good defensively. That was the only thing that made it a competition. Yeah. He still won it. Yeah. I, I just, this team is, it doesn't look as good on paper as it is. Don, like, I don't, yeah. if you look at the roster, you're like, it's not Ricky jumping off Rubio? the paper. Yeah. Shout Ricky, out Ricky Rubio. I had this down. He, he improved in scoring because Donovan Mitchell was balling out last year as the primary ball handler. But, like, he definitely improved in terms of scoring. Rubio went from one-dimensional, just a playmaker, to an actual legitimate scoring threat. Yeah. And he's not going to give you yeah 20 usually, but I read something that there's a list of how many players uh, Ricky oh, Rubio has had. like 30-point yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, do you know Ricky Rubio had more 30-point games last year than Clay Thompson? That's a, that's a fact. It's a factoid. That's, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Don't don't sleep. <laughs> don't sleep. This team, yeah, this team's actually gonna be, I think, pretty well rounded. They've got they've got it offensively in in I guess rookie Rubio, um, like Joe Ingles, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, and they've definitely got it defensively. Definitely, they're top Rudy three. Gobert. Definitely top with three Rudy defense. Gobert on the court, you don't need anybody else. He will <laughs> protect the rim. I mean, intimidation factor. Exactly. Um, as long as as long as everybody else in the court is not atrocious defensively this you know then Rudy Gobert can carry a team to being a top three defense all right and that'll do it for us on this space the floor NBA podcast hope you liked it I'm Connor Geelan I'm Connor Flannery and peace thanks for tuning in